Welcome to Britt David Podcast. His Pastor Tim brings us a message today entitled, A Living Thank You Note, from Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. There is a small, two-word phrase that never gets old, one that everyone likes to hear. This little sentence is so big that it has the power to turn around even the worst of days. Anybody can say it, and everybody ought to say it. Here it comes. Thank you. What potent words, and if there is any one qualified to say it, it should be believers. Thank yous to God. Thank yous to others. Powerful. Here's Pastor Tim. And you can be seated. What a great, great song and so perfect for where we are today. We're in Luke chapter number 17. We're working our way verse by verse through this incredible book. We come to a story today that you may find very familiar. You know, your New Testament, with its 27 books, has different kinds of books that are in the Bible. The first four Gospels, primarily they're stories about Jesus' life, some of his miracles, some of his teachings, focusing primarily on what he did for us on the cross. And then you've got the book of Acts, which serves as a historical transition between the Gospels and what follows as the church is born and begins to operate in the world. Primarily what you have following the book of Acts is a group of letters. The Bible calls them epistles. Those epistles are not the cousins of the apostles. The epistles simply means that they are letters that someone, most of them written by Paul, either to an individual or to a church, and they teach us what it means to live out our faith to live out the Christian life. Now, in one, of those, in one of those epistles, Paul says that we are living epistles. What does he mean by that? He means that we are living testimonies. We are living letters of how God operates, of what God wants to do, of how good God is. All of those things that we find written in the epistles, the Bible says that you begin to live those things out and flesh them out in your neighbors, your family members, your co-workers, your classmates, people that you come in contact with either regularly or even strangers irregularly. You become a testimony of what God has done in your life. With Steve and Janet standing up here just a while ago and giving you a verbal testimony of their life. They are living epistles of what it means to follow in obedience to the Lord. And so we listen to that. Our ears pay greater attention to those things. I want you to know that if you're a believer, you are a living epistle. And in fact, what we find here in Luke chapter number 17 is not just any kind of an epistle. It's not just any kind of letter that we find. It's a small letter. It's more like a note. It's the kind that you love to get in the mail. Remember when you were a kid, how much you enjoyed going to the mailbox? You know, now as an adult, you don't like to do that very much. (laughs) 
It's either a political advertisement or a bill, it seems like, that you're going to find there. But boy, when you go to that mailbox and you open it up, even if there's a stack of bills that are in there, if there's one of these small envelopes that's been handwritten on the front, that's already a shock, isn't it? It's already handwritten on the front that has your name on it. You open it up and there's a little card in there that begins with the words, thank you. Thank you note. I will tell you what, even the worst day gets brightened up when you open up that kind of mail, doesn't it? When the Bible says that we are living epistles, this passage tells us that we are also living thank you notes. That's how we're to be. We're to have an attitude of gratitude at all times. And if you're a believer, there's not any reason for you not to be grateful, for you not to be thankful, for you not to continually express that thanks both to others but primarily back to the Lord. And yet, we find ourselves getting used to the life that we live. We find ourselves getting, uh, finding ourselves feeling like we are not privileged. Finding ourselves that as if we have a right to all of the blessings that God has given to us. Almost to the point that we feel like God owes us. God doesn't owe me anything. I owe him everything. My life needs to exude thankfulness to God for what he has done for me, in me, and through me. I want you to read with me this particular story that we find here. Luke chapter number 17, beginning in verse number 11. Are you there? Well, this is what the Bible says. Now it happened... As Jesus went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then, as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when Jesus saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest." And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. I don't ever want to be in the nine. I don't ever want to be the one that Jesus thinks about when he says, Where is Tim? Where is he? After all of the things that I've done for him. Where is he to come and tell me thank you? Where is he? I want to make sure that I'm thankful for all of the things that God has done for me and the things that I've been able to experience in life. In fact, let's go ahead and look through this passage a little bit deeper today. Let me give you three great truths about your life and about my life that I find in this passage. 
I find this. I find, number one, that we have plenty of motives to say thank you. I have plenty of things that motivate me to say thank you. Plenty of reasons to tell him thanks. You may look at these men and say, well, I mean, if anybody didn't have a reason to give thanks, then it should be these guys. I mean, they've got leprosy, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the biggest issue. But now they're excommunicated from their, from their community. They can't go to church. They can't come to town. They can't go to market. They can't be around their family. They can't be around anybody. They have to live on the outskirts of town. If they happen to be walking down a road where a regular person walks, they have to go to the opposite side. And they have to declare themselves unclean, unclean, so that the person who's coming is not taken unawares that there is leprosy in their midst. I mean, these are people who live in some of the worst, most squalid conditions of anybody. And these are people with whom their disease has no cure. It's incurable. They have no hope that things in their life are ever going to change and ever get better. They're always going to live out there. They're always going to have to declare themselves unclean. They're never going to have somebody who will love them and be around them other than some other old leper that's in the same condition that they are. If there's anybody who does not, who, who, who does not have reason to give thanks, it'd be these ten guys. But I want you to see in these verses, even before you get to their healing, they do have reason to be thankful. Now, you may sit there in your life, you may look over your life and say, Tim, you don't know what's going on with me. You don't know how the rug has been pulled out from under me. You don't, you don't understand how oppressive the dark clouds are. You, don't, you just don't know. I know that if you look deep enough, you'll find reasons to be grateful. These men could. For example, look back with me in verse number 11. You know, Jesus is passing through. He's on his way to Jerusalem, and he goes through Samaria and Galilee. What do you know about that particular region? If Jesus has to pass through Samaria to get to Jerusalem, that means he is in Galilee already. Galilee is to the north. Samaria is there in the center. And Judea, of which Jerusalem is one of their cities, is down in the south. Now, a good Jew, <laughs> a good Jew, a conscientious Jew, had so much racial hatred for the Samaritans that they would not step foot on their land. They wouldn't. They would go around their elbow to get to their thumb. They would go all the way around Samaria to get to Judea, if that's what they had to do. But the Bible says that Jesus walked straight through Samaria. In fact, in Jesus' very first miracle, he tells those disciples, I have to go, I have to go through Samaria. Well, he didn't have to. I mean, he could go around like, right, like everybody else. 
But he had to go to Samaria that day because he had a divine appointment with a woman at the well. He's going through Samaria on this day because he has a divine appointment with ten men that nobody else wants a part of in their life. They are being shown affection. They, have the, they, they can be thankful because they are being shown affection by Jesus. His love for them to simply go through that particular region and to engage with them is something that they typically would not have experienced. To have that experience, it's worth saying thank you for. But look at the very next verse. Look at verse number 12. It says, as he entered, as Jesus entered a certain village, then he met these ten men who were lepers, even though they're still standing afar off. That's, that's what is required of them. You know, when, when, as Jesus' ministry is ramping up, and he's, we're, getting close, we're getting close to the cross here in Luke 17. It's, it's only weeks away at this point. Everybody knows about Jesus. You think Atlanta was swamped this weekend with Taylor Swift fans? <laughs> this area, wherever Jesus is, is swamped by people wanting to see Him, to touch Him, to speak to Him, to be spoken to by Him. So they stand afar off. And yet they still have access to Him. They can be thankful because they have access to Jesus. And you do too. Maybe you, maybe you do feel like <clears throat> there are people that are more important for Jesus to talk to than to you. There's not. There's not anybody more important to Jesus than you are. And He's made it so that you don't, you don't have to go through me. You don't have to go through some priest. If you go through some routine, the Bible says that He invites you to His throne, invites you into His presence so that you can find grace to help in your time of need. You have access to Him that He has invited you to be a part of. Keep going. Look in verse number 13. <laughs> Jesus sees them. Jesus hears them when they lift up their voices and they shout to Him, Jesus, have mercy on us. It makes me wonder how many other people in the crowd were saying the exact same thing. And yet Jesus heard them. What you find in the next verse is Jesus acknowledged them. You ever feel invisible? Like nobody even knows that you're in the room. Or maybe if they know, they certainly don't care. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. They're going to go about their own business and you're not going to change anything that they do. You have no impact. No influence. No help. But when someone there acknowledges you, it begins to make you feel like somebody. I was telling somebody the very first time that I went to a Georgia Baptist convention, <clears throat> I didn't know anybody. I was a little punk preacher, you know, <laughs> this little church in Griffin. And, uh, and so I went with a buddy of mine, and I don't know anybody else there. And he's standing there, and he's talking to a little group of guys. 
you know, and they're talking preacher talk, which is, you know, how big's your church? How big's your church? How big, you know, and they're, and they're just talking these grandiose things, and I'm just kind of standing there and looking around and just wondering, you know, if, if anybody even knows that I'm in the room. Until suddenly somebody points at me and says, how about you? How big's your church? And so I said, <laughs> I said, well, last year we ran about 2,500. <gasps> now suddenly somebody wants to acknowledge me, you know? How did you, little twerp, how did you ever get to a church of 2,500? So I said, we had about 50 every week. Suddenly they weren't as interested. But there's something about being acknowledged, isn't it? Something about simply being noticed. Jesus notices you. He sees you. He hears you. He acknowledges your presence. Pastor Tim would like to thank you for joining us today here on Brit David Podcast. And he invites you to join us tomorrow for the conclusion of his message, A Living Thank You Note, from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Pastor Tim would love to connect with you and share about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.